Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio, and we have another amazing guest, and her name is Teresa Anania, and she is the Vice President of Customer Success at Zendesk. And if you are in the customer support world, you may or you should be familiar with Zendesk. Anyway, a few quick things before we dive into this interview. If you have a story about amazing customer service and you want to share it with me, just go to any of the social channels such as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you know who they, all of them. I'm there. And if you have a question, use those same channels and use the hashtag AskShep. I'll either answer the questions there, uh, I will answer them on this show, or I'll answer them on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home, which can be found on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, C-Suite TV. And we've now moved all the episodes from the first season over to YouTube. So you can go to beamazing.tv and you can watch some great interviews and get some insights and the customer service experience and general business and more. So let's jump into today's interview with Teresa Anania from Zendesk. How are you, Teresa? I'm great. Thanks so great. much for having me. Well, I'm excited that you're here and thank you so much for taking the time. As I mentioned, Zendesk is really big in the customer support world. So let's start there with a quick, like, give us a quick overview of what Zendesk does and then we're going to talk about you and then I've got some questions. Sure. So Zendesk, we are a, I'd say, service for CRM platform solution. So think of anyone that is trying to have a great customer experience, our technology helps them enable that, whether it's the support area, services, even sales, and even internal IT departments, HR departments. We have like 4,000 employees in 16, 17 offices worldwide, about 165,000 customers in about 160 countries. So what I'm excited about is we deliver the very thing that I'm trying to build at Zendesk, which is a great customer experience. I love it. I love it. And Teresa, your background, uh, you've been in this business, even though you don't look it. And by the way, we're doing an audio interview, but I get the privilege of a video. Uh, you look much younger than your experience would indicate. See, that's a compliment. That, that is. I take yeah. it. Thank you. <laughs> and, it's, and it's sincere, believe it or not. It really is. So your background, uh, you prior to Zendesk, you were with Autodesk. Yep, yep, that is. And you've been in the, for lack of a better term, customer success world for quite a while. I have. So I think when I got started in the product management area at Autodesk and even in sales and then later in marketing, I really got excited about pulling it all together and getting involved in the one place that brings it together and requires that cross-functional alignment and it's customer success. So at the time at Autodesk, we were building out an entire new business model to move from an on-prem environment where our customers kind of paid up front and just had that typical um, box solution to a subscription business. And yep. so I helped build that practice at Autodesk. And now I'm really excited about, you know, shifting in my career to a very high growth company like Zendesk 
and tying it all together um, from the top of our customer pyramid, our most important enterprise customers. How do we drive that engagement even at scale? So it's been really exciting. I'd say onboarding at a company new employee at, um, you know, in the midst of COVID has been quite an interesting way to onboard, but it's been, it's been great. Yeah. Wow. So how long have you been at Zendesk? It's been about six and a half months. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, you were right there. And, and who would have ever thought that this would have happened to you? This is Never. crazy, isn't it? It really so, is. And, and I want to talk about success versus service in a moment, but just the point, and I want to get into this eventually so our listeners can know what's coming up. I want to talk to you about what's changed in the customer support world as a result of COVID-19. I know there's a radical increase of try, customers trying to connect, not just with service, but human beings in service, which uh, is stressing certain companies out, uh, especially in, in industries like hospitality, hotels, the airlines, all the people wanting to cancel their reservations. Uh, you know, just it's uh, the stats and facts that I've been reading is that there's major, almost 40% increase where customers would normally go to alternative channels, like maybe a website, try to find a video, uh, knowledge base. They're now saying, I want to talk to a human being. Uh, mm -hmm. So I want to talk to you about that. But first, customer success is not customer service, but they are very closely uh, intertwined. Talk to us about the difference. Yeah, so I feel like they are both critical parts of the customer experience and really are more on the success side, probably a proactive kind of outreach that you attempt to do to make sure customers are onboarding, fast time to value, you know, getting high value out of the solution, achieving that ROI. You know, if we're doing a super great job, we should be creating an experience that is um, often self-serve and intuitive and also helpful enough that we should be able to minimize some of the need for reactive customer service. Um, nonetheless, service overall, even when customers are reaching out asking how to and I need help, we got to provide that great customer experience. So that's what is really cementing the two together. Yeah. So essentially, if I decide I want to onboard with your company, I'm a customer, I decide I want to use your product, you're going to bring me on board. And what you're going to do is teach me the best way to use my product to get, I think you said quick to value. Is that quick term time to value? Yeah, yep. Quick time to value, which means all of a sudden I'm seeing very quickly that I've made the right decision. You're also hopefully doing something to mitigate, if not eliminate me needing to call you for help. That's and, exactly right. Yeah. So kind that's what answer. customer success is. You want to make, you want me to be successful with your product. And get the value that helps you see that ROI. Absolutely. Yep. And the yep. service happens as a result of me eventually saying, uh, you know, I've got a question, an issue, a problem, maybe even a complaint, hopefully not a complaint, but it happens. And that's when service takes over. Um, something that I think is fascinating is that you use that term, you know, uh, the, the whole idea of getting to recognize the value quickly, which mm -hmm. reinforces the decision to choose to do business with you. That's and exactly. you also, at Autodesk, when you were uh, building out that subscription model, which is what most cloud-based software companies are, it's a monthly or annual fee that you pay. So mm -hmm. we do this onboarding at the beginning. 
-hmm. At what point, and by the way, are, are customers paying monthly or annu annually over at Zendesk? We have all options. Many are annual, but we also offer a monthly option great. and even three-year terms. Yep. Oh, great. Three-year terms. The longer the term, the better. The longer <laughs> the subscription, the better. So my question is, at what point do you start to drop off the onboarding success process and shift into where uh, they're more or less on their own? Fly, you know little what? bird. I, I, I really believe in my point of view, you're, you, we never want to leave the customer like on their own because think of it like a maturity curve, you know, how are they going to evolve their digitization strategy, their innovation in the company, if we're not taking them along that maturity curve of really achieving their company goals through more and more solutions that we offer. So many times our connection to our customers is over a very long period of time because we want to see them mature and get the full value and actually experience the full value of, let's say, Zendesk. Right. And as the industry changes, you want to get them to change along with and bring them up to speed as you're growing or and not necessarily you're gr you growing, but as the capabilities and the new latest and greatest is coming down the pike. And the reason I bring that up is because so many companies, once they sell somebody something, mm -hmm. they may onboard them at the beginning and then they let them go. You know, like I jokingly said, fly a little bird, fly. And then it comes time for renewal. Yep. And that's it's exactly. like, uh, that's when sales has to come back in a few weeks before it's time to renew and get somebody to sign again on the dotted line. And uh, apparently it sounds to me like your best philosophy is, Let's not wait until it's time for them to renew. Let's stay in touch with them the entire way. That's exactly right. So yes. how proactively are you about, um, you know, having continual conversations with your, your customers to get them uh, to feel that? The way we do it in the background, just to share a little bit about it for those of the, you know, those listening that might be building this out is we have a pretty data-driven approach to understanding, again, where is that customer in that adoption journey? How are they tracking? Are they tracking you know, healthy, where they're really showing that they're getting some of the key capabilities and starting to use those? Or are they looking off track? Maybe they're not getting the full utilization of all of the things that they've purchased from us. So our engagement is really about using that data to really personalize, contextualize, the interactions so that we can help them like here's what we've seen best in class companies do like you and you're not seeming to you know leverage all of that capability how do we help you move along that maturity curve and that's where that true success mindset of thought leadership best practices comes into play now we do hope at the end of the day we have earned their business for renewal but that isn't our outcome. Our outcome is not about, you know, are they buying with us? It's about, are they getting that value? So I would say using data and insights to help inform it and then having those key moments of truth through that customer life cycle and then being there for the escalations, yep. for the service. That's to me kind of the whole customer journey that we desire to show yeah. up at. So I am, I'm going to, in short, I, I think what you're saying is we focus on the customer first and the money comes after that. Because if That's we do exactly. our job, we don't have to sell them on renewal. They just can't see doing business with anyone else. Uh, it's a partnership at that point. And, and I use those terms uh, very generically 
granted, you're Zendesk, very specific. You work, you know, in that customer service and support world, but anybody doing any type of business can listen to your model and adapt it with the idea of bringing somebody on, a customer, new customer, onboarding them properly, staying with them, watching the data, watching the trends, growing with them or helping them grow with, with uh, what's the latest and greatest. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to shift gears completely and I want to get your insights on what's happening in the general world of customer service. We are talking with Teresa Anania, the VP of Global Customer Success at Zendesk. This is Amazing Business Radio and we will be right back. Are you ready to be amazing? Of course you are. And that's why you tune into Amazing Business Radio. If you like what you're hearing here, you're going to love my new TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home. Each episode is devoted to sharing ideas to help you be amazing in both your business and personal lives. We also feature an app or technology every week that you're going to find fascinating. And we always have at least two guests on the show. The show is now available on Amazon Prime, Roku, C-Suite TV, and more. So the choice is yours. Be amazing or go home. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. Teresa, I want to talk to you about what's happening in the world of customer service. Now, I don't know if I can pinpoint an exact date, but I'm going to use the date March 9th. I've seen that date out there. That is also my daughter's birthday, oh, so, wow. which is kind of cool. Uh, so I always remember when people said COVID impacted the world on March 9th, but actually started before that. But prior to March 9th or shortly, you know, even a little bit further uh, before that, business operated a different way. And then something happened. Uh, everybody was forced to go remote. Uh, these customers, the support world was shifted where, gosh, we can't bring people into the call center anymore. We're not allowed to. It's very dangerous. They went remote. Uh, Customers started to have new attitudes and patterns of behavior that were different. So what did you discover during this time? Yeah, I will tell you, I remember it vividly as, and it was almost like yesterday, but it's been quite an experience because what I've was sharing with you just before the break about our typical way to engage, our intentional way to help customers along this adoption and getting the full value. What we saw come March 9th was we needed to completely pivot. We needed to be in a place where we were, yes, still helping our customers along that that, um, journey, but responsive to the new world order that we were seeing emerge, which was I'd say about half of our base was in the category of those where, you know, think of the in-home exercise equipment companies, think of the even airlines at the time because of this surge that they were experiencing. They needed more capacity. They needed more help because they were getting hit hard. But then there's another good segment of our business that were having a tough time. They were really under stress. They were not seeing Um, any good business macroeconomic effects from, you know, March and it continues. So we've had to show up in a way where we're able to help customers where they are. And it was dramatically different. We opened up like a public alias for customers to ask how we can help them so that we could be responsive. In those conversations, Shep, I would say I'm still inspired today by how many of our customers were starting to 
even in those early days, think about how do I want to pivot my organization to be more digital, to be thinking about that remote workforce and the challenges that that brings. And what do I need to make sure that I am showing up for the customer? Like you said, if they want a human, get a human. But if there's some self-serve digital or even chat channels like Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp, that they were enabling that through some of our technology. So I can say that what changed so dramatically was thinking about scale, thinking about how do we pivot the same size organization that we had prior to now being that really responsive group, but then also helping customers through their thinking of like, you got to deal with the current climate, but mm -hmm. then how do you want to start planning for your recovery? How do you want to start thinking about digitizing and transforming the business so that we all come out of this maybe a little stronger than how yep. we went? I think, you know, the old expression, uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, COVID kills, no doubt about that. But, but in the, the sense of business, we're being strapped in many, in many of the industries economically. The patterns of customers have changed. Their behaviors have changed. And we need to, to use your word, pivot. Uh, so a couple of lessons out of what you just shared with us. And I, I'll reiterate them. And then you can tell me if I'm on, on target here. Uh, number one, something you did, and any company can do this, regardless of what industry they are, you went to your customers and you said, let me help you. Okay, you're an expert, right? So share that expertise with the customers and help make them more successful. There was ever a time that a customer uh, who is normally hard to talk to on the telephone was willing to pick up a phone and hear from people, this was the time, right? So, and I think we're still, uh, maybe, you know, we'll stay in that time for a while longer. Uh, number two, uh, you talked about uh, the pivot and the pivot is where most companies in the support world had to go is they had to start looking at a lot of digital options. They may not have done those digital options in the past. Digital being you use text, chat. Maybe they had a little bit of that, but maybe this was ramped up. One of the things I think COVID-19 has done is it's pushed us three to five years into the future. All of the technology that people are using today was there prior to six months ago. It just may not have been adopted yet. And we need to help our clients pivot to whatever their you know, need is. If it's in the customer support world, well, they got to go digital. If um, you know, if you're a consultant in the restaurant industry, then you've got to go to your restaurants and teach them how they can survive this. And uh, so it, it works anywhere. Uh, back to uh, the customer support world. Uh, what changes did you or can you address this? And if I'm asking a question that just is not in your area, just say, Shep, you know, that's cool. I, uh, because some of this is you give me these talking points, but this is what's in my head right now. What uh, overall did you notice buying patterns from consumers of your customers changing? Custom yes. Customers of your customers. Yes. And that is a critical element of how we need to show up and service those customers through. Well, first of all, I think there's an expectation, again, to have different channels of ability to not just you know serve get service but to buy from companies so definitely mm -hmm. what i got excited about i was talking to an executive from a makeup company it's a very popular name all brick and mortar they opened a way to do online makeup consultation 
right out of the gate, like in the first month of COVID. So it took less than a month. Totally less than a month to enable an entirely new channel for their humans that were engaging in the storefronts that now were shut down to engage with customers online. These are the kinds of things you even see it in doctor's offices where before maybe we didn't want to set that appointment. We couldn't get to the physical office. Now we can do virtual yeah. doctor's visits. FaceTime. So like, yeah. Open up and say, ah. Exactly. <laughs> like, show me the bruise. You know, here it is. So I really need to travel to an office to do that. I feel like our customers have learned a different way in many cases to engage and actually widen the net, not just, you know, segment. Now these are customers online. These are customers later that come back to the physical store. It's like it opens up the market yeah. to those where maybe there was a barrier before to entry. So I think we're seeing that, Shep. I think the other thing we got to be mindful of is how do we care for our employees that are caring for the customers? And I think a lot of our, our customers asked us, what are we doing to ensure that our remote workforce now feels that they're being supported and can actually deliver that great customer service? And so, you know, we've shared ideas and sessions with our customers about things we're doing. We're learning from them things they're doing, just things to help our employees feel like they're able to balance that work-life balance because no matter what we do, that is the group that has to deliver that great customer service. And now that they're distributed, now that they're dealing with challenges in the work-life balance, Mm. how do we as a company show up and make that good for them so they deliver that great experience to the company? So so in like 60 seconds, how do you uh, show up and help them feel good about their new situation? Well, I think a lot of it, we took often pulse feedback surveys. What do our employees need? It's the way you treat your customers. You got to treat your employees just as well. Exactly. What's happening inside is felt on the outside. That's it. And it makes them empathic about our customers because now, you know, when they're engaging with customers, they're not feeling like, well, why did they come at me with some whatever emotion or it might be from what they're coming from. They might have a lot going on in the background. So we built that empathy. We built things like Wellness Wednesdays over the time where you can take a break from Zoom and just get back to your personal needs as well as self-care. Um, we're doing things like Flexi Fridays. You know, We've given some stipends for employees to build some of the technology they need in their home office setting, setting so that they feel like they have the right connections, the right um, way to operate. So little things like that have gone a long way. Have you made changes that you thought you were going to go back to the old way eventually, but you said, nope, this is working so well, we're going to keep it like this? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, one of them is in-office work is probably never going to be at the level that it was once before. We have really found, as many tech companies have, that we are just as productive, if not, frankly, in some cases, more productive um, working remotely. So we're definitely planning to keep some of the goodness. I think another thing would be, for instance, think of a great customer advisory board for your top enterprise customers. This gives customers a way to have a voice in, let's say, the product roadmap. But if you weren't a top enterprise company, you may not have gotten that opportunity. Now we're developing executive briefings and product sessions with our mid-market and even some of our smallest customers in sessions like Zoom webinars. 
Yep. So we're hearing from them a lot more so than I think we would have done in the more physical setting. So I know we'll keep those ideas as well. Those are great. Great. Well, we're just about out of time. I always end our conversation with the one thing question. Is there one last nugget of information you'd like to share an idea or do you want to reflect back and emphasize something we've already talked about? Yeah, I would just say that I think all of us listening to our customers about what they've just gone through and being part of helping them solution, what are the ways they want to basically plan for the recovery and kind of come back out of this in a stronger place. I think digitization is going to be huge. I think using data and insights and not waiting for perfect data, realizing even things we just launched, like our enterprise, we have an explore enterprise that gives you great access to insights and data about how your customer support is actually performing. What are the levers to optimize? Because I think we're all recognizing that we're not going to have maybe the unlimited resources and bandwidth that we'd have before. We need to be optimizing and scaling. And using data and insights is a great way to do that. All right. Great information. Outstanding interview. That's why we call this Amazing Business Radio. We've been talking with Teresa Anania, VP of Global Customer Success at Zendesk. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. It was fun. It was great. Great conversation. We'll be back next week with another interview. So please come back. And until that time, this is Shep Hyken, hoping you'll stay healthy, you'll stay sane, and that you'll always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.